Hey there, High Turnout Wide Margins listeners. This is Brianna and Eric. We hope you've been enjoying listening to the recent episodes about the state of democracy in Eastern Europe as much as we've enjoyed bringing them to you. We have a lot more of those conversations still to come this season, but we're going to step away from those conversations for the next several episodes because, as you all know, we have an election coming up right here in the U.S. in November. The High Turnout Wide Margins team recently attended the Election Center Conference, which is put on annually by the National Association of Election Officials. And while we were there, we were able to connect with a number of our colleagues from across the country. We talked to them about a number of topics and especially what's on their mind leading into the November election. In this episode, we got to sit down with Stephanie Wenholz from Mesa County, Colorado. Right now, she is a grand jury witness for an ongoing investigation. And so we wanted to brief you in advance that some of the questions that we ask and some of the statements that she makes may sound vague, but we want to give you a little bit of context about uh, how things are developing in Mesa County. The full and free exercise of our sacred right and duty to vote is more important in the long run than the personal hopes or ambitions of any candidate for any office in the land. You're listening to High Turnout, Wide Margins, an insider's look at election administration hosted by Brianna Lennon and Eric Fay. Talking about the, the whole kerfuffle that Mesa County has been through since the 2020 election, in particular the, the Mesa County clerk, Tina Peters, uh, in, in the run-up to the November 2020 election, her and her deputy essentially allowed unauthorized folks into the office to witness parts of the election bill process and then to make a copy of some of the uh, election software that they use. Parts of this violated uh, multiple Colorado laws. The clerk was subsequently indicted and is facing trial. Through all that, what's amazing is that the rest of the Mesa County Clerk's Office continued to work and pulled off not one but several elections since then. And it's, uh, I think it's a great story for all election administrators, and it, and it goes with uh, one of the themes from our podcast in that election administrators are, are doers, and these people just kept doing what they, were, what they loved to do, and that was to serve the voters of Mesa County. So I hope you all enjoy listening. We wanted to provide some context to the interview that you're going to be listening to with Stephanie Wenholtz in Mesa County in their elections office because it's one of the more incredible stories that came out of the 2020 election. Um, The Mesa County Clerk's Office, the the head of that office was Tina Peters, and she was one of the, maybe one of the only uh, election administrators in the country that really kind of fell into the conspiracy theory rabbit hole and worked very closely with a couple of the individuals that have been pushing a lot of these ideas that the election had been stolen in 2020. And she uh, not only, you know, started believing these things and was really interested in uh, the kind of narratives that they had, but she actually aided them in trying to provide additional documentation and copies of her own election databases and things like that, which were not allowed under the law. Um, Colorado has a very strict 
administrative protocol for how the elections get programmed, for how they get tested, for who is allowed to be in the room when all of the um, election programming is done. And she bent the rules in a lot of different ways in order to allow some of these individuals access to information that they should not have had. And at this point, uh, not only has she lost her position as the county clerk, she then decided to run for the Colorado Secretary of State's office and lost that as well. She requested a recount, and that was also unsuccessful. And she's now... Uh, facing a trial where she will have several of the people that worked in the office with her testify against everything that she had done. So she has a lot of pending charges and it's still very much an active case. And so uh, we appreciate being able to talk to Stephanie about her experience in the office. Uh, and we'll let you introduce yourself, but we, we really just first, thank you for, for doing this and for talking with us. And, uh, we know that you have been having a rough time, so, uh, we extra appreciate it. Um, you are kind of a celebrity at this point, I think known across the country by elections administrators that, that know how hard it is to do the work anyway, but particularly right now in Mesa. So um, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So um, yeah, my name is Stephanie Winholtz. I'm the elections manager for Mesa County, Colorado. And our first question is always, how did you end up working in elections in the first place? Um, actually, so I, my first election was in 2008. So I was living up in Gilpin County, and I actually happened to be laid off with the city of Central. So they were having money issues, and I was like, okay, well, I'll just work at the county. And so I started over at the county and just kind of got into elections that way. So it was kind of it, like everybody else. It's like by default, never even thought about this. I mean, you don't really think about, unless you're in elections, how the ballot gets to you, what that whole entire process is. I mean, you see like the TV version of it, like, oh, this is your candidate, but you don't see like that back portion of it. So I guess, Stephanie, uh, how long have you been at Mesa County now? I have now been there for about two and a half years. So I started there um, right after the presidential primary. So it was a recommendation from the Secretary of State's office. They said, hey, there's some small issues going on and they really need some help. Can you go help them out? So there was about 500 ballots that were found in a ballot box that was right in front of the office. And I was like, hey, easy. We can do some, you know, best practices and make sure everybody's on the same page when they're actually administered or like with our judges and um that's where i started so <laughs> so that's the thing in colorado like if a county runs into an issue the secretary of state might recommend somebody well to i had applied to the position so okay. a position for an elections manager actually came up in december and so they went back through um, and then I got a phone call one random Sunday, after, actually Sunday evening, and said, hey, are you still interested in 
you know, this position. And my grandparents actually live out there. They're getting older. And so I was like, hey, yeah, I'll come check it out and see what else <laughs> I can do. So I had just um, recently left Arapahoe County at that time. So so does the does the county clerk hire you and the people in your position and did you did you know the county clerk before you went to work there anything about her or? so no i actually did not know tina um prior to any of this um i actually didn't know anything about her i had heard about the 500 ballots on denver news but that was about it um nothing else and yes, she does hire us. So we went. I went through an actual interview process. So I drove out to Grand Junction, interviewed, and they offered me the position. So and honestly, it was a, it was a little odd. So the team didn't realize I was even coming. So I walked into the the front door and said, "Hi, I'm the new elections manager." And there were like wide eyes everybody's going, what's going on? And so they had no clue. And there was a big push to get me into that office at the time because there were three people leaving. And I joke with a lot of people who are still there, who are still part of our team. I was like, hey, you could have warned a sister, you know? (laughs) But um, I believe that there was a higher purpose for me being out there. I didn't see it at the time. I just thought, oh, this is gonna be fun. I can really do a lot of good being an elections manager. There's a lot of things I want to um, help Colorado grow. And I thought that was a great opportunity. I just never thought I'd be in this position (laughs) before. So, and being kind of catapulted in, like the spotlight this way. So I never in all my wildest years ever thought something like this could have ever happened. So the elections manager position, what what exactly does that entail in the office that you were in? Or what was it supposed to entail? It might not be exactly what it was supposed to be right. now, but <laughs> um, what was it supposed to be? So um, a lot of it, so I actually had a job description. So my job description included you know, writing IGAs, um, implementing policies for election judges. I mean, kind of like the typical day-to-day, the um, voter registration, being responsible for that. Um, and just managing the team, really just being able to get a good team in there and being able to have a successful team. So I think we have done that, especially in the times that we have, we have a great team. So I'm very proud of them. So this might be a good time now. You were starting to get into it, Stephanie, but I guess let's dig right into November, 2020, and I guess more specifically, post-election yes and and what what happened i think probably most of the folks that listen to this podcast probably know but there, there may be people who don't so for the uninitiated explain what went down in mesa county so honestly the 2020 election was actually extremely successful so you know that night we were excited you know both brandy and i we were um, tears in our eyes we were excited we had another successful election everything balanced not a problem and then i can't even remember the date um but rewind or you know fast forward and all of a sudden we get this press release saying that our office is under investigation 
And that's not a good thing. I mean, I've been in elections long enough to know <laughs> that's not a good thing. And we're like, what's going on? We have really n not a clue. Um, I'm crying. I mean, to be very honest, I'm crying. This is like devastating. And it was very hard. I'm sorry. Because we had not a clue what was going on. And at that point, they decided they were going to send our team home for until further notice. I'm sorry, real quick, who's they? So that was Belinda and Tina. I do apologize. So Belinda and Tina had decided that they were going to send the team home until further notice. And, and they are the clerk and deputy clerk? That is correct. Okay. So Tina's the clerk, Belinda's the deputy clerk. And we are like dumbfounded. We're not exactly sure like what's going to happen next. We're not getting a whole lot of information. And to be very honest, people weren't allowed to talk to us because they were doing, they were conducting an actual investigation. So you really felt like an island on your, like all on your own. Um, you know, you sit in your kitchen and you're still processing voter registration because there's there's still a job to do. You still need to continue moving forward and you need to keep a positive outlook. Like this will pass, you know, we can get through this. And um, it was hard. So three weeks we we're sitting at our office and then things kind of started to, to develop. Did you, did you know at that point what the investigation was about? So, um, not a hundred percent. I mean, we kind of heard that passwords were leaked, and with that, that point, we were like trying to figure out what was going on and okay, how is this going to unfold? Hi, I'm Brianna Lennon, County Clerk for Boone County, Missouri, and you are listening to High Turnout, Wide Margins, a podcast where we explore local election administration. I mean, honestly, I'm just wondering why you stayed. I mean, like, I, because I try to think of if something were to happen, not, you know, I don't know if something were to happen in Missouri or something like that. It, it takes a lot of dedication to the profession to, to want to stay. And I, you know, why, why did you, why did you stay? Um, I love my job. I actually love being a part of elections. And I've, kind of one of those individuals I'm um it's it's a lie so I know it, it it's all a lie so I'm like let's just continue moving forward so you try keeping that best attitude in the office um continue to move forward and honestly I can't see myself doing anything else I love it so even despite all this stuff I mean we all have challenges and so you kind of have to get in that mindset of like no you know this is just another hurdle so let's let's take it one step at a time and keep moving forward so all right so can you explain a little bit more about what what ended up happening with with the, the clerk and i think the deputy clerk because honestly i don't know all the the details of it even i mean the public details um, you said that there might have been passwords leaked. So what does that mean? Like what happened and 
So Actually. it had been determined that our um, BIOS passwords were leaked during the trusted build. And there was an individual that was in that trusted build that was not an actual employee. Um, I'm actually a, a felony. <laughs> um, so. And I'm sorry, could you explain? I, I, I apologize for <laughs> it's okay. continuing to interrupt you, but. I think the the term trusted build is even for election administrators in other states, they may not use that term or know that term. So could you explain what the trusted build is? So the trusted build is basically like a software update to the voting systems because the voting system is not connected to the internet. So as like any other computer, it needs to have updates and stuff to it. So um, that is pretty much what that is. And then there's a team of everybody who's a part of that. Um, Typically, you have cameras, all that type of stuff on when that's going on, just to build that, you know, voter confidence. Um, but I was told to, I wouldn't be participating in that, and then just a few months later found out that during that trusted build that passwords um, would be, or that were actually shared. So the Secretary of State office has a password that we don't have and then we have another password so it has that kind of two factor security measure so that it, a bad actor wouldn't be able to go in and you know try stealing stuff out of the system so um that's yeah like i said that was kind of devastating just to hear that stuff was being leaked and then you know, being sent home, not exactly sure what was going on. Um, our clerk wasn't in the office at the time. Like, so the day of, she was in the office and was like, yeah, it's not a big deal. And we're like, no, this is really a big deal. And then we hadn't seen her for a really, really long time. And then we found out she was at that cyber symposium. And that's where it kind of just like blew up. And then things you know you're like you start realizing going okay you know where i oftentimes i think what could i have done to stop this so we wouldn't be in this situation and there's some things i can't discuss because i am a grand jury witness so <laughs> i'm trying to i'm trying to go around that i do apologize um but it's, it was really hard to see that. You know, Tina up at the cyber symposium talking about all this stuff and that she's going to expose something that doesn't happen at all. Prior to that, um, I was, we were told that we had to go see Dr. Frank and his information and him explaining his rationale on how everybody has the same election and he couldn't explain his algorithm and I was like okay this doesn't make any sense and it was probably the most uncomfortable thing I've ever attended in my life and so you can you can kind of see like the footwork of all this like developing but at the time when you're in it you didn't realize what was going on so it was it was pretty devastating i'm very thankful for um you know like the secretary of state's office our commissioners our commissioners back us and i appreciate that they're amazing um i'm not sure if we could have 
done this without them. We have a great county attorney and their support has meant the world. So that's one of the things why, you know, I can stay upbeat and positive about this and that we can continue to move forward. How has it affected um, like voters' perception of the office? And I know you were relatively new coming into it anyway, but have you gotten, um, I mean, she's, she's drawn a pretty big support base of her own. Do you feel pressures from people that agree with her or has it been pretty quiet? No, we've seen it. So we've actually invited um, those individuals, like they've actually done the canvas, going door to door, knocking on the doors, um, asking people how they voted. We've actually got some of that information and we were like, this person you're saying doesn't have vote credit, but I can actually see in the the database that they do have vote credits. So they did vote and there's that misconception there. And we would get phone calls from individuals saying, hey, this person just came by, said I don't have any vote credit. You know, look up that information. I show you vote credit. We'd have those people come into the office. Same thing. And just being able to sit down and actually talk to those individuals. Um, we're very open to have people come in so we can talk to them about the process. Um, we encourage people to be watchers. We encourage them to be election judges. And there have been people who are election judges and they're like, we didn't know this about the process. And some of them have like that aha moment of like, I've just been lied to. And they, they you can see it. and. It's getting a little bit more quiet. So I appreciate it's not as in our face like it was in the beginning. Can you explain for folks listening uh, how your office has continued on since this all has happened? I mean, just uh, in broad strokes, my understanding is that the clerk was indicted, right? For and And so she has been, I don't know the correct term, not she's been removed from the day-to-day functioning of the office and so you all have been left in some capacity to run the election portion of the county clerk's office so can you explain what's been going on and how that's been managed since this time honestly nothing has changed i mean we are still doing the day-to-day process we still have everything oftentimes um, it's the staff who's doing the work so you know we already know we're still continuing with those igas we're still continuing you know with recruiting election workers we're still you know keeping our team going up doing the voter registration process all of that stuff so um nothing really change so it was still like okay we're just going to continue to move forward there's noise from the outside but let's ignore ignore that noise and let's keep moving forward um then in 2022 a new order came about um and that actually then gave brandy who's the elections director the designated election official so there's a little bit more emphasis on us just as a team and we have really built that team atmosphere Um, we're there for each other we can bounce things off of each other and have that support system so it's honestly it's kind of just status quo and same as always just keep going forward a little bit more pressure because you're definitely under the spotlight but you know that's what you do you just keep moving forward what do you 
what do you want other local election authorities to know about Mesa County? Um, that we provide a secure election that there are many people in that office that have integrity and believe in the election process and that i don't know i mean so much i'm, I'm looking forward to our future that there's a lot of like things I want to do. I want to be able to catapult our office to like the next level. I want our office to be the ones to contact. Um, I also want people to know that if they have a problem that we're there for them too, that we are a part of their support system. So um, to be able to reach out to us anytime and just say, hey, I've got this problem, and I don't care if you're in any other state, you know, call us and we will be there to help you. So just knowing that we are, we're all a team together, yeah, all over the United States. I, I believe in all election officials and we're all going through the same thing. We might do some things a little bit differently, but we're all together. Last season on this podcast, um, oh gosh, his name's escaping me from Jefferson County, Colorado. Oh, George. Uh, George. George. Yes. Uh, he, he made a statement that stuck with me, and I have re-quoted it time and time again, and he said, election officials are doers. You know, there are a lot of politicians out there, they talk, or, you know, people, pundits, media, whatever, but election officials have to go in every day and do the work and serve the voters and I'm getting a little choked I'm thinking about it. when has there ever been a more of the epitome of that than than what you all have done I mean you said they sent you all home and you kept working like serving the voters it's an amazing story oh, yeah, thank you kudos to you yeah um I mean that's just what you do you just go in and you still you still keep doing it and he's right you do it's that drive just to continue to serve the voters i mean we all know we don't do this for the money by any means <laughs> but you do it for the love of it i mean my first election i was so excited because it was the um 2008 election and you're a part of history you are just in the thick of it and you you're having fun you get to meet great people who are in the community and I, I really appreciate that and that's what just keeps you moving forward so that's my I, I stole that from um, meet the Robinsons <laughs> and I was like yes that's true and that was kind of like one of the things that I kept telling the team is like keep moving forward um, they call me the mama bear and I really am <laughs> I try to keep my team you know upbeat I really want to do I want to make them better. I want them to be better than me. You've been listening to High Turnout Wide Margins, a podcast that explores local election administration. I'm your host, Brianna Lennon, alongside Eric Fay. Thanks to KBAA for making this podcast possible. Our managing editor is Rebecca Smith. Our managing producer is Aaron Hay. And our associate producers are Abigail Ruman and Katie Quinn. This has been High Turnout Wide Margins. Thanks for listening.